Fuck, I lost the script. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. Today we have Mahomes versus Mayfield. Bill's Mafia partying like it's 1993. And we have a champion amongst us. So grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. I'm your host, Kurt. Uh, I hope we're joining you in your man cave around the world, getting ready to talk sports. Delicious whiskey while we enjoy this AFC playoff game. I've got my co-host here, Dick. What's up, Drammers? We are here joined by our fantasy football season champion. And with that, I'll hand it over to my co-host, Dick. What's up, Drammers? So a couple things uh, before we uh, get into it and we introduce... Keith here. I want to remind you of a few things. Um, we've got our website, 4thdramandgoal.com. That's 4thdramandgoal.com. Come visit us there. We've got links to our Twitter as well as our Instagram and the Facebooks. Um, you can hit us up and follow us there. And remember that you can also listen to us on all your favorite podcasting services, Apple, Google, Audible, CastBox, etc. Don't forget to rate and review us on there. We can't get better without your feedback. We want your feedback. We desire your feedback and you can always send us an email at fourth dram it's 4th dram and goal at gmail.com all right and so that covers all the administrative bullshit kurt i'm gonna go to kick it back to you to talk about uh, what we got going on all right like i mentioned at the beginning we have the privilege of having our fantasy first year whiskey boy league champion Lucky son of a bitch. I guess I'm glad he's here. Kind of. Not really. But we are joined by Keith, our buddy from the East. Keith, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. No problem. We kind of had to since you won. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> doing a lot better now. Now that's over. Being the commissioner of that league was joyous. Hey, oh, we'll get- I will take my wins gracefully and gladly because... And- and your hundred dollars, and my hundred dollars, and your fucking and a trophy. wonderful, exquisite trophy. Thank you. I was going to ask where that trophy was at. I was going to ask if you put it like on top of your toilet. To oh, my back pocket. Toilet. It's on a keychain now. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. And your gotcha. Jenko jeans. Yeah, it's actually a hood ornament that I can screw on my truck, and then that I just is, unscrew it, take it with me. So that would be legit. Uh, so. Keith, I've got to ask you, since you are the fantasy football champion this year, tough pill to swallow. When you did this shit during the draft, were you like Mr. Analytical or are you like, fuck it, I'll just pick this guy? No, I was a little analytical at first. I mean, you can only, you can be analytical for the first two rounds, I think, and do kind of base your picks off of the other people's picks. And since it's a smaller league of eight people, you really kind of had to pick and choose early who your star players would be, both for a specific position like running back and quarterback, because those are the positions that a lot of points get taken up early. So, I will I will tell you this. I do regret not taking Derek Henry and uh, Christian McCaffrey. Thank you, buddy, for all you did this year. You really dicked me there. Yeah, speaking of dick. Wasn't that the first overall pick that you had? It, was my it sure was. But speaking of dick dicking people, we you had some adversity to go through uh, because, believe it or not, our commish, Dick here, broke the number one cardinal rule of fantasy fucking football. I'm going to defend myself. You get ready to do that because you're going to have to. 
Keith, you had to play the championship in week 17 when you don't fucking do that. And let me add, what was the one thing I texted you, Dick, when you asked me at the beginning of the year, what do I do? You didn't say that. I said, hey, do whatever the fuck you want. Just don't make the championship week 17. That's it. That's all I'm pretty I said. Sure, I'm pretty sure I gave all of you guys access to see all the fucking rules and nobody caught that. So nobody, the commission does that. I'm not going to fucking do that. I asked I, I for your opinion. Input. I did. I said, don't do one thing. I'm pretty sure I explicitly told you to go look a and tell me. Fourth grader wrong. doing fantasy football knows not to do that. You fuck. Anyway, rant over. I'm so Keith, glad you didn't win you, the league. <laughs> Keith, how did you deal with that? And did it bother you? Um, it was a little bit of a shock, to be honest, because I didn't catch it myself when he made the rules really available to us. I just kind of assumed it would be at the end of the season of 16. Oh, fuck you guys. So when I started breaking it down, I was like, wait, how am I still in the running for this? Right, because only a there's... dumbass would do that. Yeah, okay. So thank you to Kurt for uh, not stacking up enough points on his uh, team. So Kurt and another one of our team coaches, was uh, our owners, was Chris, and he did not do the same. So I stacked up more points for my team and pushed them aside when it came to a tiebreaker. Props. So glad I could help you there, buddy. So glad I could help you. In fact, I totally I, didn't realize that it, that you made it into the playoffs like that. Totally did not realize that. So if you're doing the math, I shouldn't have been playing dipshit for the last game into the season. Who did I lose to? I don't even remember. <laughs> but I, I think you lost to the guy play- who was one and eight. Yeah, I shouldn't have been playing that team. I should have been enjoying the playoffs playing. You know, it was just. Well, anyway. and, and Kurt lost, if I'm not mistaken, by oh, it was only ten points. So I think he it was would have five. It was close. So I was, you know, biting my nails, shitting my pants, watching his score. Because we saw if, the videos. If he would have no, this was a week earlier though. Um. So, anyways, it was pretty close. Once again, twenty twenty, the year of giving. I'm glad I could help, and then it actually was the year of taking. So, anyway, went right along with everything. But going back to your original question, Kurt, how to draft? Was it analytical or did you just do a free will? It did come back to haunt certain people towards the end, such as Dick, who had a great draft, had great players who sustained themselves through COVID and injury throughout the season. But albeit came back to bite him in the ass because his team was so good, those players didn't even play because it was week 17. <laughs> <laughs> and they got benched. Yeah, that's very true. All that shit talking. All that that's shit talking. That's why I lost out of all <laughs> and, the money. And just to give the listeners a little bit of feedback, we had a decent league. We had eight players. We didn't have too many auto drafters, which I've already gone on my rant about that. Well, one of the auto drafters almost fucking won the whole almost. thing. Almost. That's why I was rooting for Mr. Keith here at the end. But it's it's funny to see when you hear these guys that just die hard the shit out of it. I'm in between. I'll give you that. I'm in a little bit of a note taker. Uh, it's just funny when you hear about the guys who are like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take this guy. He plays with my favorite team. And then they go on and win the league. So I'm glad to hear that it wasn't that. Um, but good stuff. That's why you have the joy of being with us today here from wherever you're at, Keith. Um, <laughs> the ass end of New Jersey. New Jersey. Well, then we just got fucking accents for the rest of the fucking episode. I'm, I'm kidding. I won't do that anymore. Um, Did you not know that? I knew he was 
East Coast. Got it. Okay. Ass end of New Jersey. I just had it. I had it. I hadn't watched enough Sopranos this week to prepare myself. So you want to get into what's in our glass? So Dreamers, as we always do, we're going to be drinking as we do this podcast, if you can't already tell by the bullshit being spewed out of Kurt's mouth. Um, we're going to get into our first glass, or our first dram, rather. So Keith, to kind of show you what we do and to kind of you know not uh, put you on the spot, um, I'll go ahead and give the uh, the first example. I've got um, with me Henry McKenna ten year bottle and bond. Um, this is a, a great glass. It's a Heaven Hill product. If you haven't had it before or you can't find it, they do have two different Henry McKennas. So good question for all the uh, new beginner drammers. Could you explain what bottled and bond means? Yeah, totally. All right, so bottled and bond is going to be a hundred-proof whiskey that is bottled in a bonded warehouse with government oversight and is going to be four years old. It is that way because of the 1897 Bottled and Bond Act. Um, so that is a, a little history nugget for you there. Um, the key here is most of the bottled and bonds you're going to get are going to be um, typically mid-grade shelf price, like they're going to be in that 20 to 50 dollars this is an example of that um, this used to be 25 to 30 bucks at your local uh, liquor store but in 2019 it won the san francisco best in show whiskey at the world spirits competition and at that point it actually the secret got out and this jumped up you really can't find it retail for 25 to 30 anymore you're going to be pushing 40 50 60 bucks depending on where you're at typically in that 50 uh, 50 to 55 price range so that's what I got. Um, Kurt, you want to go and hit us with what you got? Good stuff, Dick. Uh, yeah. So as we spoke about in prior episodes, I'm going to kind of go back and forth, try to hit up a Texas whiskey at least every other episode because of, you know, all the things we discussed last year. So I went to the liquor store and I kind of got through curve, two curveballs thrown at me. I had went in intentionally uh, expecting to get, one that I mentioned, I will not mention it right now until I actually grab the bottle. So the dude that was working there said they had a 1792 uh, foolproof store pick, which you're not going to not get. Okay. So I had to grab that. That was the first curveball. And then the second curveball was that he saw me with the bottle of Texas whiskey that I will eventually get. And since he was already on fire showing me the 1792 foolproof store pick, I listened to him. He recommended what I got today. He said that comparing the two, this one should be a little bit better. And for the price, I went ahead and went with it. I have Sweetheart of the Rodeo, right, with a fancy looking, looks like the lady from a lady picture. Kind of looks like a lady. <laughs> um, Sweetheart of the Rodeo. You look like a man. Let's insult the distillery while we're at it. it. I guarantee you it's somebody's grandmother or something. That's okay, fine. But it's not a portrait. Anyway, um, so it is a 90 proof, four-year-old. It is a 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malt mash bill. It is a Texas whiskey. It is from Ledbetter, Texas, which actually isn't too far up the road for me. I think it's actually about an hour and a half from uh, the Houston area. Did a little research. Ledbetter, yes. But guess where this stuff is distilled at, Dick? No idea, man. It's distilled in Indiana. 
Oh, oh, that that narrows it down quite a bit. So then that means it's a what product? It is an MGP product. It is an MGP product. So uh, a little controversy to the Texas, but it's good stuff. Um, it, you, it's funny you said, because this one also won a Texas Whiskey Fist, whiskey Festival Award and won a San Francisco World Spirits Competition Award. Very good stuff. But as I was tasting it and doing my research, I was like, oh, yeah, it's got MGP written all over. But it does get that Texas heat as it is uh, matured in Texas. So That's horseshit. You shouldn't be able to enter a... You should not be able to enter a Texas whiskey competition with MGP juice. Remember, we're not shitting on our home state. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm simply saying that in order to be in a Texas whiskey competition, you should have to be distilled. So any high... In Texas. Okay, enter a Texas one. Okay, I get what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. Like, it's, I think it's just more like the rules of the competition are kind of... It's kind of crap. Yeah, like an instant chili in a chili cook-off. Got it. All right, Keith... What you got in that there glass? All right. So I have the John E. Fitzgerald Larceny 1870 92 proof small batch Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Now, this is generally created from about uh, 100 barrels or less, and it's supposed to be uh, mirroring a profile of a six-year-old Kentucky um, and I've never tasted it before initially I caught some cherries and vanilla but I'm sure we'll dive into that deeper but this is a weeded bourbon mash bill so a little oh, bit you're gonna be a weeder bitch a little bit something different there yeah I'm gonna have to go back and um, try that Texas whiskey next time but this one Threw some curveballs at me, as I've said earlier. We'll talk about that when we get to the end of the second dram. Dick, you ready to take us into the second dram there, buddy? Yeah, man, let's get there. All right, so as we go into the second dram, um, we'll give you our nosing notes at the end of this dram. We want to hit a couple things, though, and this is really where we're going to talk about just sports headlines, some of the big storylines happening. We've got a few of them. I think probably four that we'll hit here. I think the funnest one to talk about, though, is the Harden trade. So I'm going to kick it over to Keith first. Do you have any thoughts or insights on the Harden trade? He's coming up to the East Coast to be with you guys. I know the uh, prostitutes and strippers have been closing their doors, not only to COVID, but to Harden as well. Um, I don't know what else is going on with the extra weight, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, it's, it's Harden. He's got a beard. He's weird. We'll see how it goes. So do you think the Nets are going to be more competitive now with Harden? Or do you think they're going to have like a spoils of riches situation where nobody knows how to pass a fucking ball? I saw a statistic up on ESPN after the trade, and they were talking about the top five players based off percentages who take the last shots in games, and three of them are now on the Nets. So what do you think, man? So I don't know. I mean, the whole dynamic of the NBA has changed a lot. So now with the COVID and the bubble and how we're going to do it moving forward. So I don't know if that statistic is going to stay true throughout the season. And if they're going to be forced based off of, you know, social circumstances to change their play, who knows? could be interesting. What about you, Kurt? Got anything to add to that? Well, Keith covered the uh, strippers. So I'm glad he 
talked on that first. I don't know, man. I mean, obviously they can be more competitive, but where the hell is Kyrie Irving? I have no idea. Stephen A. Smith was ranting the other day how that dude should just retire. So that's a good start. I'm interested to see if Kyrie's like, oh, okay, well, now I want to come back and play, which I think that's already been on uh, the the interweb uh, saying that he is. Yeah, they're going to be more competitive. It's James Harden. I mean, but being in the area, you definitely got a lot of fans that were like, cool, see you later, dude. So, I mean, how many first-round draft picks did they get? Uh, buttload. Um but Oladipo, you know, we'll see what Oladipo turns into if he comes back from that injury. Cousins, Wall, Oladipo, um, <clears throat> they got a young stud who, not young stud, he's bounced around a couple of years and he's coming out of his shell this year. I've got to look up his name before I fully commit to that comment. But so things may work out for both teams. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I think there's just, it's too soon to tell, right? Um, it is anything like that. Now, I do want to hit on something that Keith brought up, and he, he talked about the bubble. Um, so while we're talking about NBA, we've had a few cancellations because of COVID. We've had people obviously go on COVID restrictions based off of NBA protocol. Um, I think really the question I have for both of you is, is the NBA going to be able to make it the rest of the season as is, or are they going to have to revert back to the bubble? So... It's an interesting question because uh, we get a lot of different feedback being on the East Coast versus, uh, you know, you guys being in the Central Standard Time. And uh, it, it, the NBA as a whole is going to have to make a lot of changes to suffice different local state rules and regulations because if teams are going to be traveling again, they're going to have to be held to some sort of standard uh, traveling in and out of states. Um, you know, we saw what happened kind of midway through the NFL season where teams started catching it and lineups just got blown up and it was a big effect on fantasy. So I think it's um, without a doubt something's going to happen. Now, if they're going to revert back to a complete bubble, uh, I can't say for a fact. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what holds true. But I think if they start the season one way, it's going to be hard to revert it back to a different standard. So should I invest in the um, pitch I got to open a bunny ranch in Orlando? Should I should I invest in that? I mean, for sure. And uh, okay, I'll like, totally, here, another totally, dram to that. Yeah, for sure. Totally hop on that. <laughs> I might that might you know take away some of the concerns we have with the strippers and chicken legs or chicken wings. Definitely. Um, Christian Wood. Christian Wood was the dude that's balling out this year for Houston. As I'm just going to do a little quick check in. Uh, it's three to 13 Kansas city's beating the, the Browns. We started this recording as the, the game got going three to 13 Mahomes was in the blue tent for a little bit, but now he's on the sideline looking at the pads. So chiefs fans probably take a big, uh, breath of fresh air. And I just want to do a quick shout out to, uh, my starting tight end for the entire season, Travis Kelsey. You got me over the hump and you carried me through and you got points for the team. Thank you, brother. Continue to rub it in. Why don't you? All right, moving on. I Keith. did hear that Travis is a regular listener to our show, so I'm sure he'll, oh, yeah. he'll hit you. Absolutely, yes, yes, he is. I don't want to talk about it. Can we just keep? We don't have to talk about this, Dick. We could just move on. I think it's uh, enough has been no, said about no, it. No, 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 no. We have to talk about it because nothing's been said about it. So no, we we have to talk about it, and a lot's changed since last time we talked. 
it sounds like the rabbit hole is getting a little deeper. What thoughts do you have on the Houston situation? I mean, we're fucked. I don't know. I don't know. It's I've ignored. I tried ignoring it. Like I said, on the last episode, Wait, are you talking about as a, as a city for all teams or are you talking specifically the Rockets or the Texans? We're too? talking Texans. Sounds I mean, like, about- well, this was about the Texans, but yeah. The- <laughs> what about the Rangers guys? Sounds like everything's just been thrown in the same trash can and beat to shit for the last year here. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I-, I thought I heard that, that uh, trash can banging. I was just saying that, that was my head on my desk. Um, yeah, man, you can't ignore it anymore. Adam Schefter just released a, uh, a tweet maybe an hour and a half ago saying speculation is Deshaun Watson, you know, has played his last snap in Houston. I keep hoping that maybe with the coaching hire, well, now I just heard a report that nobody wants to take the coaching job in Houston. So I think you think Ben, you think Ben be noped out of that. I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's just shitting on interviews or maybe he's a little occupied right now as we watch his offense, who's put up 13 points on the Browns already. I don't know. It's a mess. It's a huge mess. And it's sad uh, that Cal McNair's kind of letting it get to this point. Now they're talking, you know, that it was GM or Watson, and it looks like the GM is going to stay. I hope they can salvage it. If they cannot, I think a couple weeks go by and you have to look at, the possibility, which is totally going against what I said in the last episode, but hey, you got to start thinking as a fan. Take that Miami deal while it's hot. Okay. If it's going to be number three and two, fuck it. Take it. Do it now. Uh, it does better me get hired and then maybe can fix things with Watson. We should know a lot more within the next couple of weeks. I mean, we may know something more in the next couple of days. It could, it could, there could be more news today. I mean, best, best wish, you know, Benemy gets hired. It is unraveling. Yeah. Situation. Best hopes are Benemy's hired by Wednesday or Thursday. Deshaun's, you know, we're cool by Friday. But that I, right now, it sounds like that is very wishful thinking. So, Keith, do you want to kick Kurt in the nuts while he's down as well? Anything you want to add? I to mean, that? yeah, they couldn't pick up Urban Meyer. So just give up, just cut your losses and, you know, work for next season. And, you know, let's see. It's whatever. And where where did Urban go? Because I'm pretty sure we called this out in one of our previous podcasts. But so did everybody. I mean, no, no, so not everybody has podcast. Oh, that's, okay, right, Keith, that's true, true. Keith, where did he go? Where did he go? Where did Urban go? <laughs> I think he got there and said, "How did I get here?" He got in there by a jet. Jags. That's right. He went to the Jags. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is how he got there. <laughs> yeah. You know, he saw that situation. He was like, all right, so you're going to build a bunch of new practice facilities and you're going to get the number one player in the draft. I have a kick-ass running back, which went undrafted and saved my fantasy football league um, season as a pickup on a waiver. The Jacksonville, I mean, they may be a contender. Who else is in that division? The Texans, uh, the, the Colts, oh, yeah. and the Titans. So, well, so the Jags are picking up first-round picks, too. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah, because the of the New York Jets <laughs> deciding to yeah. win a couple there. <laughs> yep. Jets, 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 Jets. Jets. So they got a albeit bona fide, you know, coach coming in. Now, how's the staff going to be? Is he going to change out the entire staff? I mean, does it even he, matter? He he is hiring quite a few people, stealing people. Yeah, right? the reports were that he got all that he got all that situated, like you know, 
can this person come, this person? He's going to bring in whoever the hell he wants. That's what he got situated. I think that's what took a couple of days and weeks before he finally said, okay, I'm in. Yeah, he was basically setting up his entire cabinet before he made a decision. So what do we? It's pretty nice. So Charlie draw, Strong. Yeah. Got Charlie Strong doing that. Well, maybe I Tom mean, Herman, too. I've heard talks of, of him and Mike Leach having phone calls, so uh, we'll see what happens. I did see that the Washington Post um, reported that Mike Leach was actually joining uh, Joe Biden's cabinet. Oh, no, he won't. No, they, they reported they that. They reported the wrong Mike Leach. And then, oh. and then <laughs> they got the facts wrong about the wrong Mike Leach. They said, oh, oh, man. So well, now he's at Mississippi State now. Yes, he is. He down there in Mississippi, boy. Oh, yes, yes he is. All right, moving about, on. All right, let's go down to that next third run now. Now, how you go? All right. All right. So before we get into that third drain, we've hit all our headlines. Um, we want to go ahead and just talk about the nose on the glass. So, Kurt, I'll hit it over to you first, man. What do you What do you got on that uh, on the nose of that? Uh, it looks like he's looking. Like he's getting jets, ready for the old a Jets a Jets football. Oh my lord! So for I those who what? can't see, it's... I have this is the most comfortable Kurt. shirt. I've worn. I wear it four out of five days a week. I don't know what to tell you. Do you have? You do wash it in between, right? Yeah, fuck it. Sometimes, sometimes it's good luck. You're an adult now. You can't just roll out of bed and just throw on a fucking Jets t-shirt for five days. It's in the a row. pandemic, though. Rules have changed. You're an adult. You still uh, roll out of bed with a big old booty. <laughs> anyway, um, what? <laughs> anyway, I did roll out of bed at ten this o'clock. This is not today. going on the show, by the way. Okay, we talked about the bubble. Nah, hey, no, fuck you. <laughs> Okay, so Kurt, before we move into that third gram and get that poured, let's go ahead and get the uh, the nosing notes. What you got there, buddy? Okay, so definitely, you know, it's hard to say now because now I'm like, oh, that Texas funk, but this is distilled in Indiana. I think they try to get that Texas heat feeling, and it. I mean, obviously, the corn doesn't get soaked in as much. I think as we've learned. Side note: When I asked the guy at the store, I was like, "Does it have that Texas funk?" And he goes, "Texas funk." So I, I was like, oh, how much, how much do I trust this guy? But anyway, I took his word for it. Definitely get the corn on the nose. It's not garrison strong, but it's there. Got a little bit of flour. And then the one I texted you, I was like, okay, I can play ball with this bad boy was popcorn. I've got some popcorn. I'm guessing that's coming from the corn on the nose, but little bit of so popcorn. when you say flower do you mean like flower or like flowers like floral flowers floral a little minty mintiness there nice but that uh that popcorn and mint are the two that stick out a lot on the nose of that one all right so kurt what you got on your nose man yeah uh unfortunately the nose the popcorn smell kind of saves it i'm gonna have to go c plus on this one it, it's got Texas, even though it's not made in Texas. It's definitely no, you know, still Austin that we got spoiled with. We did. Pleasantly surprised. I'm going to wait for the if taste. You pick that one up. The taste is definitely going to save it a little bit, but I've got to go C plus on the nose for this one. All for right. this For this sweetheart of the rodeo, straight bourbon whiskey. All right. Keith, do you want to go next? Do you want me to, buddy? No, I'll take a shot. So like I mentioned earlier, I definitely get, it's almost like a cherry and vanilla notes. 
Um, I think that could blend together for almost like a butterscotch. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I got for you right now, unfortunately. Nothing wrong with that. As we've said with our previous uh, newbie guests, it tastes like whatever the hell you think it tastes like. So, Dick, how's that McKenna treating you? What's on the nose? So this is honestly one of my go-to favorites. It's one of those, much like I treat Eagle Rare, not impossible to find, but I always have a backup to my backup until I start drinking something that's just the way I roll. Right now, as I'm smelling it, and I'm a little hungover from last night, it was a it was an Evan Williams bottled and bond night, fun times. Um, all right, I had getting honey, brown sugar, classic vanilla. On the back end, it's that red fruit slash like banana flavor, not flavor smell. But overwhelmingly, it's like it's honey. It's very honey, and you know it's it's not super dark. It's probably like a five out of 10, like dark amber color. So um, it's, it, it's, it's one of my go-to. I'm never going to be mad at some Henry. You've got to cool. Then why don't you start it off with the grade on that? The nose of that. For me, this is an A minus on the nose. A minus. Keith, <clears throat> ABC minus plus acceptable. What do you, what do you got there on that? You can't on, do D large to me. You can absolutely. So, do uh, I mean, I give it a solid A for sure for for me. I mean, it's not you don't have the overwhelming burn from the alcohol. You get a lot of different aroma off of it. Um, and you know, as a weeded, you kind of get a little bit of a sweeter smell off it. So yeah, I give it an A. So here's my chance to ask a, a newer member to whiskey. When you say the alcohol, we've had this conversation a lot. Would you say that there's a difference between like an ethanol alcohol and then the, the better whiskeys that have like a proof nose instead of ethanol? Or do you think it just kind of? Uh, it's a good question. I feel like I'm kind of uh, on the fence with that. But I think with the liquor alcohol, you will always get a residual corn or mash or okay. something that lingers after the smell that, rather than the pure ethanol. So it's very pungent and it strikes you the same way, but you will be able to tell the difference between the two. So would you say there's a different, like if I'm getting the ethanol off of say like an absolute vodka as compared to like the ethanol on a good whiskey? Well, uh, let's take a good whiskey versus Everclear. You're going to be able to tell oh, which just going to bring that you're gonna up. You're going to be able to tell which one is which, right? Because well, yeah, after you wake up in the hospital, yeah, you will be able to tell the difference. <laughs> so good job. If you, so you gave that a good job. Okay. For the well, record, then, that's the only alcohol I'm not allowed to drink in my house since I was 16. Well, he never called you back. So um, let's move on to that third dram, right, Dick? Yeah, so let's get into that third dram. And a couple topics we're going to cover here are uh, the NFL playoffs and talk a little bit of college basketball, too. We got an East Coaster on the on the uh, line with us. We want to figure out what's going over on over there. And... <laughs> So as we're as we are recording this, we're watching the NFL playoffs: Browns versus Chiefs. Chiefs are driving. Looks like the score is thirteen three right now. So let's just get some thoughts. Just go around the horn. Uh, what are our thoughts on our the most recent playoff games? Any 
Any surprises from yesterday, which we had the Rams versus Green Bay, and then we have the Ravens and the Bills. And tonight we have Old Man Tom versus Old Man Drew. So let's go around the horn. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I am totally a Drew Brees fan, and I think they have been cheated, scammed, and shafted the past two years. And they've lost, what, the, the past six years? They couldn't win this game to get in, something to that effect. But yep. the Minnesota games I can remember, and then what was it, the Rams or something? You had the helmet, the helmet knocked yes. the shit out. So, it, and it was always like in the fourth quarter, it was some call that they left on the field, and I feel like they got shafted. So, I'm definitely rooting on Drew Brees. I feel like he's kind of getting up towards the end of his playing ability. I think he just, the wear and tears is showing on him more. Yeah, um, he's done after the season. This is yeah. It. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm all for, for, uh, Drew Brees. However, the Bucks are definitely going to put up a pirate fight. Uh, they've got great receivers out there with Godwin and Evans. And I mean, unfortunately, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So he's tried true and proven. So we'll see. It'll be a good game. I'm kind of torn on this because everything you say, I agree with. And then you go back and look at the two games this season, and it has been just an utter blowout by the Saints. And I'm not sure they can beat Tom three times. I'm just not sure it's there. I feel like there's some sort of like, you know, old man wizard magic that Tom has. And it's like, nope, you're not going to, you know, say my name three times and get away with it. I just, I just don't see it happening. I feel like the Bucks are going to have to pull this out. Or they are going to pull this out. I don't really care who wins. It's it's going to be on the History Channel. I saw there's a new like a Nickelodeon thing. They're going to do it on the History Channel this time as a uh, to be written in the uh, the eons. Yeah, no, and and uh, I'll back you on that because even though they're playing in New Orleans, it still goes to show that they do not have home field advantage with past history. So it ends up being the zebra on the field throwing that flag. That's that can be their end all. So what about you, Kurt? What you got, man? Yeah, you guys said everything pretty much. I will say this. The Saints did not get hosed last year. They just shit the bed and let, what was it, old Kirky drive down the field and throw a touchdown. That was that was on them. Uh, we talked about this last week. It's going to be tough to beat Brady three times. If anybody can do it, it could be Drew. I think we went Bucks last week. I'll stick with that just to make it exciting because, you know, out of the four games, as the – Chiefs are getting ready to kick a field goal to make it 16-3. to three. If they do that, things are looking pretty good for them. So every game has happened the way it was supposed to. I did pick the Ravens. I didn't see. Uh, it's good, 16-3, to three, three minutes left in the second. Did Lamar Jackson get a concussion last night? He left the game with a concussion protocol. I did not see any more updates on that. But how, much speak- time, how much time was it? when? when there was there? eight minutes left. Okay. Under that. Uh, yeah, I saw the pick six, so that put him in a big hole. Every game has gone the way it was supposed to. The Packers beat the Rams. I think it was competitive for a little bit. Uh, the Bills beat the Ravens. Chiefs are beating the Browns. So I'm hoping it's a little different. I would love to see a uh, Bucks packers game next week. But, oh, shout out to Drew Brees' alma mater, Austin Westlake, won the Texas High School 6-8 state championship last night as well as uh, Katie, Texas, won the uh, Division II 6A state championship. So some of those powerhouses we talked at the beginning of the year about, Dick, I mean, just shows that we're fucking awesome and we're always right. All right. Amen to that. 
I think the only one we didn't talk about that was in that those final four teams was Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill. Cedar, Cedar Hill. Hill, who's had some dudes, you know, yeah. in the last. I think they won the two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. Had a quarterback slash. He could throw. He could pass. He was all over the place. Of course, I've lost his name, but he. They showed a couple of his highlights last night, and I think I, it was, was Sam like, McGuffey. No, fuck, stop. Uh, it was one of those guys that when I saw it, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely good stuff. All right, so before we move on, we hit on the other games that happened, the playoff games. Uh, Green Bay did what we thought Green Bay was going to do. And we had the Bills and the Ravens. I don't think anybody saw that as an upset, even though you picked the Ravens. Um, Keith, I really want to kind of look at you. Like, Did you have any additional thoughts on, on those two games? I mean, anything surprise you? Oh, I mean, Lambeau Field, Snow, Thelma Surgery, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. I mean, let's be real. That they had a stack. There, if they had, if they were able to make it more competitive, it would have been fun. But uh, Donald was out. Darnold was out. Yeah. They, they, they just they didn't stand a chance, unfortunately. Now was, the Bills. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I was surprised it was as competitive as long as it was because it looked yeah. like it was competitive into the like, second third quarter. Did Donald play at all? I know he was crying <sighs> on the field with like a minute forty eight left. Oof. But then uh, I was really anxious to see the Ravens and Bills. I mean, I thought I I feel like the Bills were going to win it no matter what, but I did not expect it to be the blowout that it was. And then you have Tucker. Another shout out to my kicker for the season, Fantasy. He did great throughout the year. Two. Two. Hitting the uprights, left and right. Doink. I mean, it was was insane. But when they showed the wind at the stadium, once you got above a certain height on the field, that wind started whipping. And when he was out there 40-plus yards, you have to get that height to get the kick in. So I don't know if that really played an effect or uh, went into effect for him. But uh, I was definitely shocked. Um, I thought uh, Jackson was going to be able to do some of his little magic, at least make it a closer game. But with those missed kicks, they just kept getting hit down and they weren't able to get back over the hump. So props to the Bills. And, I mean, Josh Allentown up here on the East Coast, uh, you know, they renamed it for him like a bunch of bozos that they are, the Bills Mafia. But uh, I think they've got a good chance. they got a strong That's team. Fired. And uh, him and Stefan Diggs have, uh, you know, uh, a good relationship. So it's going to be fun to watch them into the future. Okay, so that, that brings me to a good point that I want to ask. It looks 16 to 3, still early, 249 left in the second, plenty of time. But the way it's looking, could we kind of take a prediction? I, I won't even yeah, talk about the other game team. because. No, I want to. Okay. All right. Well, then, Dick, be a dick. So, Bill's Chiefs right now, the way it's looking. Wait, ho- mm-hmm. hold on. Dick, don't be such a Richard, okay? Just don't be such a Richard, Dick. All right, Dick. I want to do this. All I heard you say was Dick four times. So okay, then we'll make that simple. Let's get that one out of the way because we don't fucking know. Okay, if it's the Packers against the Bucks, who wins that game? Keith, go. Where they play? They would be playing in Lambeau. Pack. Okay, Dick. Pack. Okay, so that was easy. I'm gonna go if it's the Bucks. Yeah, I'll go Pack. All right, if they're playing Drew Brees, they're still playing in Lambeau. Pack. Pack, okay. Keith? Pack. 
Okay, that was fucking rocket science. Let's get back to the one I was talking about. <laughs> if this holds up the way it should, it'll be the Chiefs, Bills Mafia in Kansas City. Who do you think, Dick? The way the Chiefs are playing right now, I'm going to say the Chiefs. Okay, I um, Andy Reid. It's the hardest one. Andy Reid, first of all, he's a genius. Uh, we know that, you know, Mahomes and the players can execute his genius. However, the Bills have been able to stack up points on opponents, so they can score. The Chiefs have not put up large point scores this season, so it's an interesting fact to put into the formula if you're thinking about that, but it's going to be a close game. Uh, at home, I got to give the advantage to Kansas City. They're the reigning champs, so let's see what they can do. Yeah, they put up this real interesting fact that Andy Reid and Mahomes off a bye week the last couple of years has been like phenomenal, huge, huge points, huge. Um, but okay, so I think they they've been doing obviously the find a way to win. I think they can pull out a win against Buffalo and Kansas City. I think that they will do whatever they have to do to win three by three points, whatever, whatever they have to do to win, like they've done all season. If they play the Packers, that's I don't think that's gonna, you know, they'll get in trouble for that when that time comes. But I won't even get there. I'll save that for our Super Bowl preview. But the Packers right. gonna win the Super Bowl. Okay, cool. Good talk. Uh they have to be fuck you. Moving on. <laughs> Good predictions. Glad we could talk about it. All right. So <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and talk about college basketball then. We've got our East Coast guy. Dickie V, baby. <laughs> Got our East Coast guy with us. So Keith, um, you know, we really wanted to have you on the show. Obviously, talk about you know the fantasy football. You know, shoots the shit with you and drink some uh, some whiskey. But we really want to understand your perspective on East Coast basketball, even in the COVID series or the can, even can, in COVID yeah. season. Can I foreplay him a little bit more than that? I mean, come on, dude, you just barely gave him the. I want to want to set him up for it. You know, go for it. <laughs> so the reason I go East Coast basketball with you. Keith is because is that the sport like is that the thing there or is it hockey or, or or what is it so complete disclaimer I was born and raised in San Antonio Texas I'm a native Texan and I do not claim the east coast to anything other than the fact that I'm stationed here with my active duty wife cool. all Texas <laughs> schools are basketball schools now so so okay so to answer your question Kurt um, it's a unique area um, because it's the tri-state area. So we have the Mets, the Yankees, we have the Giants, we have the Jets, then we have a bunch of hockey teams in each state. So then we have Philadelphia, we have New York, we have New Jersey, this whole area of conglomeration. Then you've got on this side, you've got the Phillies, you've got the Flyers, you've got the Eagles, all in this tight, squeezed area. So if you shrink Texas and put San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas within a 200-mile radius of each other, that's kind of what this area is like. It's just kind of chaotic nice. with fans being, you know, you know, uh, honest and pledge their allegiance to this. But if you go down 50 yards, someone else is, you know, lifelong fan of the Mets. And so it's really weird. And I that's might awesome. live in the ass end of New Jersey, but everyone is a – Philadelphia Eagles fan here. So where we are at, it's almost like an extension of South Philly. It's really weird. 
Nice. So who would be you you obviously being a Texas boy, you know the obnoxious cowboy fans as as Dick, who I have it on tape last week. Dick is gonna be a Houston Texans fan, baby. Throw him up. Uh eights down, hold it down. Who would be So I was leaning that way? Oh, I got your lean. Um, so who would be the who's compare are they worse? And who would be able to compete with the obnoxious Dallas Cowboy fans? Philly fans. Uh, oh, easily the Philadelphia Eagles fans. They are are they worse? So, I mean, they did cheer uh, when hey, Michael Irvin broke his leg. You have to take it into perspective. And I think each fan base has a certain subset of individuals that are bad. But from all the coverage, everything that you see, they are aggressive. They like to fight in the stands. They like to throw bows with each other, with opposing forces. You might, it might as well have been Oakland back in the 1990s with the Raiders. So I Oakland mean, now. Got it. It, it's, I mean, it's bad. And then when you throw in a terrible season, you're not sure what the hell the quarterback is doing or the coach. <laughs> the owner's not going to the freaking games. People are just pissed and livid. I so, feel not to cut you off. Go ahead. No, so I'm just saying I think as of right now, and especially in relation to where I'm at and what I see, I think Philly fans are just – I mean, they're comparable with the 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 the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, and they meet each other, you know, multiple times in the season. So I don't know if some, you know, virus has spread between fan bases. Yeah. I know it's crazy. So I feel like I heard, I heard there was a new COVID virus that was specifically. It's it's called Cow Eagle. Cow Eagle. Cow, Cow Eagle. I like that. Um, I feel like Cowboy fans are a little bit more. I feel like they're unrealistic, obnoxious. I feel like Philly fans are more like, yeah, we fucking suck again, obnoxious. Like they're like. They know we they saw three years ago. Right. And we talked about that, that it was the biggest drop off like in sports history. Okay. So I'm glad I wanted to know the most ob- obnoxious fan base up there. So I, I, we had a good idea. So the reason I talked to you about East coast basketball is because you think of the traditional powerhouses, you think of the Georgetowns, the St. John's you're around a lot of traditional badass basketball teams. I know I had another one. Uh, Syracuse. Syracuse. Uh, if I'm looking at my chart here, I had, I had St. John's, Georgetown. So, yeah, is it as are they like crazy about it up there? And and if they are, I mean, is it is it a little bit more exciting than in Texas when it comes to college basketball? Texas yes. is a basketball state now. Uh, no, I mean, I I agree with you. So a lot of these colleges, especially like Georgetown, they don't have football. So their biggest sports are basketball and I think hockey, maybe I don't know, or swimming. What the hell, I don't know. But a lot of these schools, like Syracuse, they have a great program for football, but they also have a great basketball team. So I think they definitely stand up to what Texas has to offer. Um, And if not more so because there's a supportive fan base and the alumni associations for those schools really put their money towards the basketball programs versus the football. So I think uh, for that comparison, definitely the East Coast teams – um, have a foot up on the competition, just at not only support, but monetary base too. Nice. Uh, Seton Hall. Seton Hall was the other one that I was thinking about. Do you get, uh, obviously asking you during the year of COVID before COVID, did you have any, did you go to any games, any interest afterwards? If you could go see one team in action, who would it be? I'd probably go to, uh, Georgetown, uh, nice. Because that's we have family ties to it, so we could probably get tickets easy and have a place to stay to watch it. Bad ass sounds like a perfect time to invite me and Dick over. All right, uh, I wanted to so, go see a crew match. 
Uh, my brother-in-law did crew too, so we could probably get him the crew match. I'm, I'm, is, is that the way you say it? I think it's a, a crew duel, but I could be wrong. I don't know. You guys Do they gonna, use the joust have sticks? to fill me in. <laughs> That's the new my new favorite sport. Two dudes on a kayak with a fucking oar going at each other. All right. Well, this is new to me. They did so um Alexander Hamilton back oh, in the day. <laughs> I watched that musical too. Oh, here's a little backstory for for me and Keith. We were deep into an underground online curling league one time. Uh, they got pretty serious circa 20, 20, what was it? 2010. Yeah. Uh, to, me, to, to, to 20, uh, 2009 and 2010. Yeah. yeah. We got deep into that. Uh, turns out there's a big crew crowd for that online. Uh, we would spend hours of the night doing online curling, uh, spent some of my college tuition on that, but that's a whole other conversation for, I've time. never heard that story. What the fuck is that? Yeah. So curling, I can't tell you what Winter Olympics it was. It was big. Me and uh, Keith got tired of uh, playing in our kitchen, college roommates, by the way, uh, sweeping the floor. So we found an underground, like you could literally, people would just join in with the chat. It was like an kind of like an aim setup. And, and you would just, it was like, it was like a chat room, but, but it was for playing curling yes. online. A lot less. Were you playing picks. online curling or was it like videos of you guys curling against you? I don't understand the concept. No, it was a simulated uh, curling. Got oh, you would hear each of us screaming from our rooms. It was it was good stuff. So, all right, let's talk a little bit more about college basketball. And you said you weren't a nerd. I'm I'm not a nerd. That was not a nerd. That was like Fight Club, but with sticks. Okay, and big rocks. So, college, they're they're called stones. Get it right. I don't want to um, hear about your stones. All right. So, looking at college basketball, the. Traditional teams are in the top 25, Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2, Villanova 3, Texas 4, Iowa 5, and so forth. Uh, Not too many big surprises this year. There is one that I want to talk about. I'll let you guys chime in in just a second on this. But uh, you start looking through the list. You start looking for those smaller schools, those smaller traditional basketball schools. You get down to 24 and you find St. Louis. So that's exciting. Other than that, your typical college basketball season. You guys got anything to add before I go on my little surprise of the year? I think yeah. my question is oh, – go, go ahead. So I don't understand the concept of staggering the team on the bench when they live together, practice together, have you know threesomes with the girl around the corner together. It doesn't make sense to have them staggered that way. And it just annoys me. And then they do these high fives, and everyone gets off the bench when somebody does an alley oop dunk. It just, it's, it's just unnecessary. Just, you know, Jimmy V. Jimmy okay, v. so then you sent me in a rabbit hole. Do you think we should be playing college basketball right now? Yes, we can play college basketball. We've we played other sports. It's, we played college football. I mean, I see what you're saying, but they didn't have to like spread out the football team no, on the sideline. They, no, it. I mean okay, it's just okay. it's just for show. I think it's a stupid show of an effort that it's, that's I, that just pisses me off. It's a personal thing. I think I think it's to prevent the opposite of like you have a very good point. I think it's to prevent the other ones that are like, look, 
I should be able to go, you know, do whatever I want. These guys are sitting on a bench on each other's laps. I think that if anything, it's a save face tactic. I think. Well, but, COVID doesn't exist in between the, you know, the hash hashes, or apparently on the hard. What if they gave the? I mean, they gave the the hallway guy a high five. Caught it. Sat next to the team. Done. Season over. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Wouldn't that be catching the clap instead? Oh, you would know. So. Um, the one team that, you know, was kind of Kentucky. Kentucky's not been Kentucky this year. I think they were what four and eight or something. They were had a one one five record there for a little while. I think that yeah, Zag is Kentucky. Do what? Zag is Kentucky. Zag is Kentucky. Yeah. I mean they're they have the oh, chance to run the table. Zag sorry, is the table. Gotcha. But going defeated. Exactly. Um, I mean, they could be – look at the rest of their schedule. They could go undefeated in the regular season. Well, I mean, the last team to do that was the 14-15 well, Kentucky then, team. That goes back to, is Kentucky really that great? They've won one national championship in the last 15 years or so, but that's a, that's a whole other conversation. You know how we had the big spiel, how I think COVID hurt the football teams, especially the younger football teams, like the Spencer Rattlers of the world? Yes, I remember that conversation. I think that's what happened in Kentucky. When you have a bunch of freshmen that don't play together, they need the offseason, they need to prepare, they need the scrimmages more than anybody. They didn't get to do that. Thus, you have a shitty Kentucky team this year. Do you, I mean, do you agree? Do you disagree? I see you shaking your head. It's not that I don't agree. I think there is a separation, though, that happens between being able to successfully practice and scrimmage a football game versus being able to play or scrimmage a basketball game, right? You can do pickup games a lot faster. You can go outside and shoot hoops by yourself. There is more isolated practice and efforts and drills you can do by yourself in basketball than you can in football. You typically need two or three guys a route running, throwing the ball, pitch and catch, what do you want to call it? We covered that in that episode. On the flip side, anytime you're not able to have full contact sports, you know, detailed, you know, breakdown of games, game footage, practices, et cetera, there's going to be a, you know, a, a hampering to your best efforts being put on the floor. But I don't know. I, I feel like without COVID, this would have still been our top 25. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you. Kentucky. Kentucky. I'll- Kentucky's talent. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Basketball is one of those sports you can play all year. They're playing all year round. Tournaments, other teams. I think there's just that old cliche, like the team's gelling. I mean, we've Fair. talked about it. You're you've got you're going to get a five star guy who can play ball. But then, how much does it even out when you're playing against other teams that have those type of dudes and they've been able to the sports cliche gel a little bit more than you have. How's that any different, though, than every other Kentucky team where you have Carl Anthony Towns coming in, which is not 14, 15, and uh, he's gone. They get to do the transfer of the year before thing and start school early and get to practice with these guys? Sure. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that different. I, 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 You can't tell me. Well, you can tell me. I will disagree with you. This is the same top 25 Without that we Kentucky. would have seen. Without so, Kentucky, but... Kentucky's but had who, bad years, what, what even without COVID. Lies on, and that's because Duke started off rough. What other teams than Duke, Kentucky? This is like the second year where Duke started off rough. rough. 
Um, what other teams rely on freshman talents because of how much they lose every year as much as those two teams? Kansas. Uh, I don't think so. I don't Kansas. think so. Okay. Kansas. Do they have as many top draft picks as Kentucky and Duke do? Okay. No, no probably face. not. Maybe North Baylor. Carolina. Maybe. And they're not okay, on this list so either. That's a fair point. Right it is. I, I'll, I'll not – I'm, I'm going to give you credit where Say you're going to be a dick about it. Say it I mean, again. <laughs> Say it. Keith. All right, this is – yeah, thank you. Thank you for going there. Tired of talking to you about this. All right, so then I guess we could say that that's a wrap on our college basketball segment. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Dick, no. you had some other things? Yeah, dude. I mean, I guess most – I've said this a couple times jokingly as we've talked through this, but is Texas just a, just a bunch of basketball schools now? I mean – No, that's – Tech, Baylor, Texas. A&M's not. That's We're where you become – That's, that's where you're – I go to A&M. I had a – that's what Houston. I had a good year this year, so I get to say this comes out. I mean, no. No, it's, no, a, it's a valid not. question. Texas just won a Sugar Bowl like two years ago. Okay, and they fired their we coach. We had a good year. We won a bowl game. We're the only football program in Texas. I'm simply asking, remember when Houston was good? All right. Remember when Houston was good at football? Now they're in the but top 25 Houston's in basketball. always been a basketball Taylor's school. been at the top 25. I don't know Maybe if I agree with you on history that. Because of Fly okay. Sam and Slam and Jamo. <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler. In the 1980s and so, 90s? That's not always okay. basketball school. Then, well, the gloves are coming off. Keith, you want to step in and chime in on this at all? Do you think Texas A&M is the only football team in Texas right now? He kind of agrees with me. I mean, Houston is not a football school. <laughs> But I'm just starting to think in past seasons now. I mean, we, we, we've had a lull for sure. I, I had to say that. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's all up to A&M now. I mean, A&M didn't have a stellar season either. So what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what a goddamn orange ball. I just had the balls on this guy. I mean, Texas A&M stuff, the football program. No, Tech. And I'm not speaking historical. I'm saying right now, the last two to three years, we are trending. Texas, Texas has been putting subpar, uh, you well, know, uh, ever since, but they're doing ever, well. Tech is doing ever since you yeah. decided to be dipshits and leave the Big Twelve. Oh, has, now we're it talking. Has been, it has been different. So, but I will agree there has been a trend in some colleges that they have become more basketball school. And I'll, I'll even back you up a little bit on that argument because where's the one SEC school that you see on this list for basketball? Yeah, uh, Clemson. No, I mean SEC. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee, Clemson and then the you got lonely Missouri at twenty six, based off CBS Sports. Yeah, so Tech obviously. Or is it SEC? SEC isn't a basketball conference. Maybe that's the argument. Here we go. Uh, so Tech, obviously, uh, due to their recent success in college basketball, has become a basketball school of late. Uh, they almost beat Baylor. They almost beat Baylor. They beat Texas at the buzzer. Mac McGlone, there's a former Georgetown transfer who's doing really good things over there in Lubbock. Uh, but no, dude, it's not. Texas is not a basketball school. All right. Uh, basketball state. TCU is not a basketball school. 
TCU's not in anything. Oh, dude. Once again, you're talking about a program who has a Rose Bowl victory in the last like 15 years. Okay. So Which point? my point is, no, they're not just automatic. This isn't a basketball state. This is the, the fucking king of football in Texas. To be a basketball state doesn't mean that everybody has to be good at basketball, but your basketball programs are more successful than most of your football programs. Wait, well, yeah, so reround the question. So collegially stating. Yes. Texas as a collegiately as a collegiate question is becoming more yes. of a basketball s- state. Success wise, yeah, I would think so. I would agree with yeah. that statement. I mean, I mean, culturally, we're we're football through and through. Culturally, yeah, through and through, from pre K <clears throat> all the way up through college, we are a freaking up to college state. apparently. We, we, uh, you know, well, God damn it, Dick. You know, Jesus Christ. But yes. Um, <laughs> Well, apparently AM is the only football program in Texas. So I don't know. I mean, you win one, you win one Orange Bowl. So look at this guy tooting his horn over here. Dude, dude. All right. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm glad to say fuck you every now and then. All right. So before before we get in the fourth round, let's talk about what we got as far as like tasting palette notes on these things. Um, as Keith switches over to the Elijah Craig Ooh. 94 proof small batch, right? Well, oh yeah, you, baby you, girl. You got to give us your taste on the last one before you change your palate. There, I'm cool with it. <clears throat> so what is what, what do you what do you got on that? What did you get on that palate of the larceny, Mister? He's Keith? in the Kentucky Chew. Oh, uh, come back to me. All right, we'll come back to you. Okay. All right, so before we hit Keith, he's he's switching over. He's got to get a little bit um, – he's getting two liquids in his mouth at the same time. Um, Speaking Kurt, of during tasting, though, while we're, yeah. on the, while we're on the note, do you guys refresh your palate with crackers or anything as you go through? No. Just, just, a, just, a, just, question. Water. just a question. No, it's a good, no, I just, I just it's do a good water. question because if I had chocolates next to me, I would be doing it. As I learned at 1919. Now, do you do like a 90% cocoa or do you like do an 80 20? I don't like, I don't like using. It is Hershey's. I do Hershey's. Yes. I don't like the high cocoa because it, I think it leaves that like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's a bitter bite. Yes. Yes. That's what I think it leaves. Um, But if I did have those with me, uh, I would probably do that. We did that at a speaking, couple of the whiskey meetings I've done before. Speaking of Hershey's, Keith, did you oh, hear that Yingling is coming to Texas? This is a big thing. Who? Yingling. I thought it was you. Beer. Really? I, I pronounce it Yingling. And I'm not it's Yingling. No, that's. Yeah. yeah. And they have their Hershey's chocolate porter. Which I, when they posted on their Twitter account, we hit them up and asked them the question. They did not confirm nor deny that the Hershey's chocolate porter might be part of that distribution. That'd be fucking sick. Yeah. So how how old is that establishment? I mean, they've been up here in the east for well, that's ever, the oldest. So. That's the oldest brewery in America. They're up and that's, down the east coast. That's they, their thing. They partnered with Coors as for distribution. So yeah. they're going to start using Coors and uh, I think yeah, Coors distribution to get to the West. But, yeah. but they're doing like state by state. This won't be until fall of this year. So I'm sitting here fucking the, thinking about it all summer. That is their thing, though. That's their, you know, I think it's even on the can, oldest brewery in America. I The first time I had it was Delaware. So first time I had it was in Florida. It, it, it is so thing. I had it every Christmas Eve because our neighbor would have a party and he had a contact who would actually mail him 
a shipment. Oh, nice. Of nice. like a cool a cooler enough to fit a, fill a cooler with yingling, That's and it was like nice. it was tasty stuff. Even when I didn't even know what I was drinking, I was like, "Yeah, yeah. this is awesome." And so then growing up and maturing a little more, I finally realized like, holy cow, that's how he had to get it. So it's pretty cool. That's interesting that it, uh, I hope it holds its allure as it kind of trickles out. You know, I, I liken that to Whataburger. Whataburger is no longer a tried and true Texas company anymore. And it's going to go it's everywhere. Not. So anyways. Whataburger, White Castle, go. Got to give, uh, oh, Whataburger, <laughs> dude, Whataburger. I can't. I, I've have yet to have White Castle. White Castle, it gives me the runs. It's it's if you're in a pinch, everything. Listen, if if you're in a pinch and you've been on a fl- a plane for eight hours and it's like, oh, it's White Castle, you'll go get White Castle. It's like, okay, I'll fill my stomach up. Or if but you're then drunk. it's or if you're drunk. But you know, I could be drunk. I could be sober as anything. It could be Christmas. It could be Easter. I would eat. Whataburger, if it was six hours on a plane and it was the first thing my wife gave me after she landed, I would eat it. She did do that. I got Whataburger last night at two o'clock in the morning for the uh, spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, that says that's all you need to know. You were drunk. That's all you need to know. Favorite East Coast chain, Keith, what do you got? So, again, it's difficult because I live in the bum end of New Jersey. The Dingleberry of New Jersey? Wawa. I don't know of any other chain. It's Wawa. I mean, it's a gas station chain, but it's, I and mean, that's all I know. Oh, all right. Good stuff. All right. So, Dick, what's on your tongue for that McKinney 10 bottled and bond? Henry McKenna 10 bottled and bond single barrel. Single barrel. Big dick. So, typically, typically with a single barrel, you're going to see a lot of variation from, you know, bottle to bottle because they're not going to be in the same, you know, barrel obviously this one was bottled or barreled i'm sorry april 1st of 2009 so this is actually april fool's barrel i get it's not an overly compact complex palette honey you know a little bit of bitter chocolate there's a there's an air of sweetness on this but it's almost so sweet and so easy to drink that it almost takes over like a, a oily water i know that sounds like a you know impossible but this almost water-like feel on the, on the palate. Like it's kind of drinking a oily propel. I don't know how to kind of put that in its own corner in its own box, but um, it's good. I would give overall the palate, you know, a B. Um, is there anything that's going to like sweep you off your feet? Nothing super proofy, nothing, you know, bad about it. It's solid. I don't know. That's what I got. I'm going to say, man, for a go-to, you're kind of, maybe it's just one of those things you've tasted so many times that you just I'm still don't know what to say about it. Or that, that is a good one. Keith, would you like to take the floor on that Larceny or would you like me to go? No, definitely. I'd like to uh, give a little feedback on this nice Larceny small batch. Cool. Again, cool. we started off with a little vanilla cherry, almost butterscotch on the nose. And then on the palate, I definitely get a lot of caramel. Or caramel you know feed to the crowd or what 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 have it as you will it's fucking caramel and then honey so uh to me that's kind of a not very complex very straightforward um not a lot there but that's definitely very popping tastes on the palate 
Um, and then the finishes, you know, I, I guess I, me personally, I kind of feel this for a lot of different whiskeys. Is it is a little bit of oily um, off my palate, um, depending. Now, 100 proof, that's, I would be surprised if, again, this is a weeded, so I don't know what would be the major difference between a 92 proof versus 100 proof weeded versus rye or corn and how much more oil or less oil, but this definitely has an oily residue to it so it is smooth and it leaves you with a little bit of a sweet aftertaste and a little bit of a kick i would say everything you described sounds like a typical weeder it's gonna be very sweet um sometimes floral on it lots of honey notes i i would agree with you there good i like everything you said well, right, I like everything you said. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I guess I'll give my thoughts on the palette of this. No, that's okay. We can move on. All right. I'll go fuck yourself. Fuck you too. <laughs> now, I'm. it's Texas whiskey, man, but apparently it's MGP. It's young. There's the corn. I did, I did the dick move that you tend to do. I looked at what the note said about it uh to compare and i'll do that with ones that i'm just not getting a lot off of there was toasted nuts out there there was orange there was caramel there's chocolate um light oak that's probably the only one that i really agreed with i do get the light oak you can taste it as it's you know four years old texas heat in and out of that white oak but other than that on the palate man The orange fruit is there a little bit, but other than that, it's just hit big time with that corn taste. Oh, me so corny. That's that's all I got. That's all I'm getting is really the corn is overpowering. The uh, smell of the popcorn on the nose was probably the highlight of it so far, but I can't give you too much more than that. Give it a rate. On my palate? Yep. I thought the palate, once again, as I've tasted it throughout the episode, I thought it was going to save that C plus nose a little bit, but I'm going to keep the palate just right there. Um, it does help it a little bit, but I'm going to stick with that C plus. What about you, Keith? What did you put for that larceny on the palate? I mean, it's not bad, but I think I, you know, it's a balance between what it is and then the complexity. So I give it a B plus. So it's not bad, but it's not complex. So I feel like for a small batch, they are going for a specific taste that they want. And it just doesn't match up with what I was kind of expecting. So I'll go with a B plus, even though my aroma was an A. So so let me ask you this. this is something I like to go back to. Would you recommend it for the price? Definitely. How much How much do you pay for it? 28 Okay. Oh, I want to say it runs like 25 yeah. around here. We got a yeah. pick by the Honey Badger. Uh, Kansas City leads 19 to 3 with 1440. The second half just started. Not a good start for Mayfield. But Honey Badger showing out. Dick, what do you Honey got? Badger doesn't know how to carry a football. No. What do, you, uh, what do you got on the grade for that pallet there, buddy? Uh, yeah. So the pallet will come in at a solid B. So. Once again, it's not anything to be mad at. It is pleasant. There is nothing negative to say about this. 
the one thing about McKenna, and I'll, I'll say, and it may be just a proof, right? The lack thereof is it is very, very airy, very light, and leaves you feeling happy. It just doesn't, you know, it's like I said earlier, proof it's again off your feet. What I paid for it or what, what it, it goes for? for. It, you're going to find it that $50 oh, range. Okay. This bottle, I haven't mentioned it, Sweetheart of the Rodeo, as I continue my tour of Texas, $38. So moving on as we get into our fourth and final dram, of course, right? Got a good topic for you guys. Fourth dram, we're you know we're heavy on football. They just released the Hall of Fame finalist. Couple, of course, they're going to be big names: Jared Allen, Zach Thomas, Reckham, Calvin Johnson, Rondé Barber, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson. That's heavy. I mean, those are some heavy names right there. There's going to be the guarantees. Charles Woodson's going to be in, of course. Peyton Manning is going to be in. I don't necessarily want to talk about those guys. I want to talk about the. Could they be in? Should they be in? And I put together a little list, you know, of a huge sample, but just a couple to concentrate on and get your thoughts just to talk football, what you think about them, and should they get into the Hall of Fame? So I'll start it off. Unfortunately, uh, Keith's stalker status with Matt Ryan is yet to be answered. He's going to retire in a couple of years, so we don't have to talk about that next. But we will go into... Mr. Questionable himself, even his facial expressions. Eli Manning, does he make the Hall of Fame? Little information on him before you answer. He is seventh in yards all time and is eighth in touchdown passes all time. Floor is yours, Dick. Take it away. I don't know. I feel like this is always a popularity contest when we're just like what you actually look like um, on the fields, what your results are. I'm going to say no on Eli specifically because he'll probably make the Giants ring of honor or whatever they have like the Cowboys do. But I think with the NFL Hall of Fame, like does he get the jacket? I just say no. His brother will, but Eli won't. Keith? Or shouldn't. Keith, Mr. Uh, East Coast. So he was a big Walter Payton inductee every other year or something. Yeah, he got that cool Um, jersey. Yeah, and I think he – made a statement. Um, I think time is your best friend when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And, you know, it might not be 10 years, 15 years. It might be 20 years down the line. So there's so many people in there. What are the qualifications? I think he meets the qualifications. Will other people push him out and keep the bump him out? Yes. Um, does he make it? I feel like at some point he potentially does if newcomers do not bump him further down that list than what he's at currently. I get the bumping. That makes sense. I mean, this one's heavy, but I think if you're questioning if Eli Manning gets in, and of course I'm Eli, this is not the year he gets in. I just put it a list together of the names that you hear discussed over and over and over. And we'll get to the guy who kind of inspired me for the list in a second. Eli Manning's in. I think you've got to be high off your ass if you don't think Eli Manning gets in. All the guys in front of him on the passing and the touchdowns are in. The dude has two Super Bowl MVPs. That's the cherry on top. I mean, 
he beat the GOAT twice in the Super Bowl and got MVPs. Eli Manning is not a question. Now, why does he come up as a question? I don't know. But then when you compare him to, like, I don't know, the guy he battled with every year, Tony Romo, eh, I'm going to go with Eli on that one. I don't think it's a question. Well, the conversation between Tony Romo and Eli Manning, yeah. But once again, I'll go back to it's a popularity contest. People don't like Eli Manning. Why? Because you were a Cowboys fan? No, people just in general don't like Eli Manning. I just don't. Again, I think I go back to the time frame. I think time is his worst enemy. He had a great supporting cast of people when he got those great wins. And as time went on, he stayed in. His image got diminished as those future years happened. And I think that stays with people. Now, hardcore football fans, I think, will remember him before that. But as of right now, again, it goes back to popularity and recent memory and stats. I don't, and then beyond that, I don't know what the Hall of Fame looks at. So I, I say time. And I, at the end of the day, I think, yes, he gets in. I said that before. But, again, I don't know when it will be. I don't think it will be soon, though. I would probably align with that, Keith. I think there are going to be people in front of him that continue to beat him down the list. So. Have you seen Eli Manning on Saturday Night Live? He's fucking hilarious. Just saying, for those that you don't think like him. He's a funny guy. I love SNL. Didn't watch it. He's a funny guy. I think he's in. All right. But good start to the reason I had this conversation. Second guy, close to me and Keith's heart. Put your guns up. Zach freaking Thomas. Yes. Fifth all Should have been time. a while ago. Okay. Fifth all time okay. on the tackle list. Side note, got to see him take his first pick six to the house his rookie year against the Oilers. Love me some Zach Thomas. Who I'm going to start it. I say he's in because of what you said. There's a lot of pressure that he didn't get in last year. He was like the, holy shit, why isn't he in? I think that'll give him some hops over some other people. I think he's in. Fellow tech guy, Keith, what do you think? I mean, get him in there. He's done his due diligence. He's on the – I mean, he. there's nothing I can say that – especially against a defensive player and a linebacker, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's like, those are my guys, and I got to give them credit. And they do, uh, he, he has, uh, yeah, he's a, a stellar person, stellar player. Very, so very similar stats to Erlacher, and he's got the whole little guy thing going for him. He needs to get in there. Good. Glad that was an easy one. This is the guy that he just, they don't know if he's going to retire. He started the conversation for me as I was driving to work and it was on the radio. He definitely gets in the Hall of Fame for a number of kids he has. I mean, he has a whole lineup, has a team. Philip Rivers. From what I was getting, there was the absolutely he's in, he's not in. He's fifth all time in yards and touchdown passes. But he, he's got the Marino effect that he didn't win a Super Bowl, even though Marino was a no-brainer. Does Philip Rivers get in? Keith, I'll go Yes, down. yes. I believe Philip Rivers gets in. Uh, he has always been one of those outlier quarterbacks for his throwing style, but his ability to be a chameleon and adapt to different offense sets, he has the mind for it, and he just gets it. Um, he's able to complete. I mean, look at the transition to Indianapolis this year, and look how far they've gotten. Um, I, I think he's up there – crazy enough with the best of them um and another stat not only for a number of kids but the inability to cuss you know <laughs> he's there so it, 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 he's a 
interesting character. But yes, I feel like he is up there definitely in the conversation for a Hall of Fame contender. Does he play another year? Man, he's uh, he's Philip Rivers. I feel like he will try to come in. What we've seen with Dorsett kind of sneaking in, um, I feel like there's a possibility that they could share the role like they do with Tua and Fitzgerald. Um, whether that's something that they want to have as a staple for their offense, I don't know. But, again, Philip Rivers, clearly he's easy to work with. He understands the game, and he adapts. Um, you know, with 12 kids and a wife, you know, he's got to be able to do that. So, I, you know, does he have another year? I think Probably. he can. I think he can, he can have another year. I don't see him. He didn't get hurt this year. Yeah. So he was protected well. Um, so there's some aspects to this year that will enable him if he wants to to continue another year. Now that's, that go that's ahead. a good point. That offensive line is is one of the best in the NFL. Dick, same two questions to you. Yeah, no, Philip Rivers should be in. I'd even put him in before Eli. Dirty. What about the plane next year? Don't think he's going to play again. All right, Dick, short and sweet. <laughs> All right, last but not least, we'll keep it short to get into that fourth dram and over that goal line. Calvin Johnson. The thing about Calvin Johnson is – I'll give you his facts, and then I'll give you the big asterisk on him. He's 32nd in yards on the list. He's 47th on receptions, but he only played nine years. So, of course, he was on track to do great, great things. Is that going to hurt him? Does he get it in? Uh, I didn't get to answer. I will say Phillip Rivers, yes, absolutely. And Calvin Johnson, I'll start us off. No, I don't think he gets in. That's where I disagree. I think Calvin Johnson definitely gets in. He's got the Barry Sanders situation where he had short seasons, but he had amazing production while he was there. And let's be honest, other than DK Metcalf and maybe a few others right now, he was the most exciting receiver to watch. He was most exciting to watch. They didn't call Megatron for nothing. But Barry was still in the top of like five of categories. He totally was. And I, I get that. But when you talk about like excitement factor and you're talking about the turn of the technology thing where we can tweet plays at each other, I go back to popularity. People still love Megatron. You st- yeah, but it's not me and you voting for the Hall of Fame. It's well, old it's dudes. Exactly. Who have Twitter accounts and watch the same shit we watch and love right. amazing players. One no, one yes. He probably will get in. You know, another thing about it, probably. But fuck it. What do I know? Do you, Keith, what, do you, what do you think? No, I agree uh, to Kurt. Um, or Dick's answer is that popularity uh what he did with Detroit, right? Yes. Yeah. What he did at Detroit still, I mean, even I remember that. Um, Just the effect he had and the memory that he created there. Once it goes to popularity, if he's in the mix in a weak year, why not put him in? So I, I think he gets into. I agree with that point. All right. Well, we've had the opportunity of having Keith with us today. Awesome. Whiskey newbie. So we've got to ask you a couple questions. So, so Keith, as you've dived into whiskey this year, you need to answer two things for us. One, what is your favorite? Two, have, has it been fun? Has it, has it been exciting and kind of like 
are you like, oh, well, I'm good where I'm at in the whiskey game? Do you want to dig further into it, aka spend a little more, or you know, just your overall thoughts of how whiskey's treated you this last year? So, thank you for asking the question because I had the conversation earlier with my wife, and if we would have all gotten into this about hmm, four years ago, we would have been hitting it off together. And uh, so for me, I, I kind of got to give you all some credit and I thank you all because this is kind of my second uh, to rebirth into the tasting of whiskey. Um, you guys have gone far and above what I did previously as far as, you know, creating and um, developing my palate and nose for different whiskeys. And now we're at a different stage of our lives where we can actually afford it, right? So <laughs> that goes a long way. But yeah, um, I, you know, I've enjoyed it. There was a time where, just to be honest, I couldn't handle the sugar. You know, it was too much for me. My hangovers were way too hard and uh, I had to take a step back. But if you do it, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you do it like we're doing it now and we have a good taste, um, I think I could do it. And I do enjoy having something like the amber water that we, we have versus you know, the high class wines and everything else. Um, for me, this is this this touches home more. And so I enjoy tasting this and exploring different bottles and different mixes and batches. So that's fun. Um, to that effect, this year, it's I haven't had that many bottles. These are the only two bottles that I've really bought this year. Um, but my wife did get me a bottle of scotch. So McAllen, a 12 year, and that was delicious. So um, you killed between, already? what's that? Did you kill it already? Oh yeah, that's done. <laughs> so would you, do you have a favorite bourbon or whiskey in, in general? Um, no, not at this point. I do not. Well, that's good. That's exciting. That leaves yeah. the door open for yeah. and, possibilities. And, I, and it's, it, you know, and I think as you guys have kind of understood that that is dynamic and um, it, it really depends on what type of bottle you too. Because if you go, you know, barrel proof or bottle proof versus small batch or standard bottle, um, that can change greatly. So, yes, there there can be a resounding single standout to your palate, your taste, your interest. Um, between these two, you know, that's what makes it difficult for me because. Elijah's a small batch straight bourbon, and then we have a, a weeded, you know, on the larceny. I like them both. Um, if you ask me in the class of, you know, a, a straight bourbon or but a weeded, you know, those might be at my top. Um, but right now, no, I don't have a top. All right. Well, that's a it's, always a, it's always a complex answer. No, it is, and that's yeah. fine because that's you. You narrowed everything. We've talked about that several times. What, what you know? Can you say a, your favorite small batch? Do you favor your favorite single barrel? I think the biggest argument we always go back to is what's your favorite favorite and what's your favorite go to that you can get your hands on. Yeah. So, Dick, any final uh, picking of Mister Keith's brain? No, I don't have anything else to add. All right. Well, for Mister Fantasy Champion this year. What was your rating overall of that larceny bottle that you had there, Keith? Uh, the larceny, I'd give it a B plus A. Um, would you buy you know, it again? Would I buy it again? Yeah, 
I would. Good. Um, would it be a you know continual go to? Eh, you know, it, it'd be a it'd be a touch feel kind of a thing because it does have the sweetness. Um, but uh, overall, it was a great taste. Uh, the smell was it wasn't a ethanol burn. Um, so it had a lot of smell and the palate was, uh, was manageable. So yeah, for sure. The larceny small batch, I would definitely go back to. And, and for the price, I mean, it's hard to beat. If you go for the price too, you, you had that the calculation for sure. There's what just not, that again. There's not that many weeders out there. Yeah. What was the, what was the price again on that? The price I think was, I think it was 25 or 28. It's not bad. Yeah, and then the other one was Elijah Craig. Ah, the yeah. good old Elijah Craig. And that is that just that's a standout for me right now. Oh yeah, I'd be interested so. to get your overall thoughts on that on another one. Dick, what are you grading your go-to there overall? Uh, B plus overall. Um, you know, like I said, the nose is very very pleasant to taste. I don't say it falls short. It's just nothing like like I said, knock you off your feet. Um, but overall, this is one of those that you can't ever be, be mad at. It's something I always have, just like Eagle Rare. Kurt, what about you, man? What are you grading that in at? Well, the nose was a C plus. The palate was a C plus. So I'm just going to stick with that. C plus, you know, I think, I don't know. I think we got spoiled uh, last week when it came to the still Austin. Oh, Mahomes is slowly getting up this time, very slowly. 19 to 10, got a different game now. Um, yeah, it's a C plus. Lots of similar taste to Texas. It was an MGP. Oh, now we've got Mahomes being helped to the sideline. He does not look good. It was his knee. Was it his knee or his oh, hand? No. Yeah, I don't know if it was his knee or his hand got stuck under the helmet. It looks like he cranked his neck. Oh, oh yeah. We would definitely keep yeah, an that, eye on that. that uh, yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. No. Uh, so, yeah, C-plus for this. Sweetheart of the rodeo, uh, from Cooper Cooper Family Whiskey, a distillery here in Texas. So continuing the Texas tour, not bad. Thirty maybe she, bucks. Maybe she's a sweetheart after the rodeo. Ah, I'll try that. I see what you yeah. did there. See what you did there. As oh man, Mahomes is back in the blue tent. Oof. All right. Well, let's get a. Uh, Let's get the socials one more time from Dick before we close completely out. Thanks, Kurt, for wrapping that up there. So, Drammers, a couple things to remember here. I've already hit it up. We've got our website, 4th Dram and Goal. We've also got our Twitter and Instagram. That's probably the best way to follow us and get in contact with us at 4th Dram. So, it's 4th Dram. Please tell your friends about us. Like, we cannot grow the show without your contribution. We super appreciate not just Keith joining us and giving us some fresh content, but also you listeners. I think we're getting, you know, 10, 15 downloads per episode right now within the first couple of days. So there's someone out there listening to us. It's not just Kurt's mom. So that's, that's refreshing. Um, you can always, we're on all the different podcast streaming apps, Apple Podcasts, Audible, CastBox, et cetera. But Apple, Audible, CastBox, and Podcast Addicts allow you to actually rank and review us. So please give us a five-star review if you see fit or just give us some, some feedback. We, we can take the negative feedback. We're okay with it. I know Kurt fucks shit up. It's okay. Well, I'll coach him. We'll get better at it. He can't be Mr. Perfect like I am. With that being said, let's go ahead and kick it over to Kurt and he'll uh, close us out with his favorite better brother, 
quote of the episode. Thank you very much, dickhead. Uh, we're going to go with the Mr. First Round Ballot, Mr. Guaranteed Hall of Famer, since we mentioned him earlier, Peyton Manning. I've got my, I've got my quote for the week here. Pressure is something you feel when you don't know what the hell you are doing. I'm pretty sure you can put that towards any aspect of your life. Take a listen to us next time. Grab a glass. We're here for you. To the next snap. To the next dram. Drink on, drammers. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, man. No problem. You did hit a home run. You did excellent. Mm. <laughs> 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 That's my, that's my saltine. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Try chocolate next time. Try chocolates next time. No, well, there, yeah, I mean, you can pair this stuff with fruit and chocolate. Is Mahomes back in? Uh, no, that's Heineke here. Or no, that's Heineke. Oh, that's, that's, that's uh, uh, Chad, Daniel. No, Chad Henney. Uh, I, I kind of hope that it's the neck. Oh, that knee. Fuck. I told Is you it was a knee. He looks concussed. It's Henny, right? Well, his, his head, yeah. His head slammed off there. I thought his head backup, didn't even touch. I thought their oh, backup Daniel. was Matt Moore. Oh, Chase Daniel with the Lions now. Yeah, he looks oh, dizzy. Oh, shit. Who is that? They just threw a pass like me. That's not good. You're hitting me. <laughs> they throw it to the fans oh. and stands. All right, I'm going to stop recording now. Anything else we wanted to hit, like, as a uh, double back on? I think everything went. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, for um, we gotta drink more before we for start. the for the NBA. I get to give a shout out to uh, my boy Giannis Angotano Unamukupu of the Milwaukee Bucks. Your boy. I'm, I heard he's a listener he, too. He's not my boy, but you know he's a power forward for the Bucks, mm-hmm. and uh, he can really throw it down. So I'm excited to uh, see what he can do. Dude, when are we gonna do like fantasy basketball? fantasy hockey never because i don't have every fucking day to check my fantasy team on basketball that's a every that's like baseball i even i've never even played it so no i'm not not yeah i think i gotta draw a line at football that's fair yeah